This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by Pure Creative Apparel. From logo design to specialty clothing to branded merchandise, the team at Pure Creative Apparel can take your ideas and bring them to life. You can find out more at purecreativeapparel.com. And we thank Pure Creative Apparel for sponsoring this week's show. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Runny Drink Podcast, number 68. I am your host, Amy. And I'm your host, or co-host, or... Really, we share the duties. I guess we do. So. Honestly. I'm your co-host, Dana. Hi. I couldn't do it without you. <laughs> I just carry all the heavy stuff. Don't no. let her fool you. You wax eloquent. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you gosh. make us sound good. No, I that's the new equipment that makes us sound good. Well, that's true. So thank you so much for for the great equipment. Well, I do what I can, <sighs> and the fine folks at Rode uh, Microphones are also doing what they can to the help. Rodecaster Pro yeah. is beautiful. So <laughs> if we sound good to you. Then you can thank them. Yeah. And you can also thank us by rating us on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. So you called it iTunes. I know. <laughs> I know. It doesn't legitimately, literally happen until the fall. Right. Technically. Right. Okay. I'm going to be calling it iTunes forever. Listen, I'm still suffering from the long runner brain exhaustion. Oh. Of yesterday. Yeah, well, you... Uh, this weekend. You overcame some adversity and you got it done. And Listen, I applaud everybody who was out there this weekend, especially this time of year, running 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, full marathons. I think the Grandma Marathon was last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. I saw some medals online. Or if you're in the midst of your training cycle and your mileage is high, we salute you. Indeed. We applaud you. <laughs> I'm just flashing back to yesterday. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that on this episode yes. of uh, training through adverse conditions or other adversities. Um, you know, we do talk a lot about heat being a couple of Florida residents. Yeah. Um, and we also talk some about injury, uh, having you having come back from injury and surgery and, yeah. and everything that you came back with, with your knee. Yes. And then I'm getting over, um, an injury of my own. So I've kind of been, uh, not out completely out of play. I mean, I, I did the 5k at Disney, uh, right. two weeks ago or a week ago, mm, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but I, other than that, I really haven't done much since the Tampa beer run. So uh, we're going to be talking a lot about yes. um, training and overcoming adversity in your training. We also have some awesome food and beverage. We're flashing yes. back this week, back, um, I think this is our last 
sadly, our last thing to feature from the trip to Huntsville, Alabama. There were so many great things. There really were. And this place that we're going to be talking about uh, is doing both food and beer. Yes. And they're doing a phenomenal job on both. Yeah. And uh, that's where we're going to be... heading for the food and drink portions but Mm -hmm. um it's flashback probably most importantly for some anyways that we're going to be announcing the winners of our giveaway from last week yes we had some participation baby and we really appreciate everybody that took the time to like and share and tag a friend on last week's episode whether you were on facebook or on instagram Loving posts, following, sharing, tagging people, all the conversation we had. It was fantastic. You guys doing that helps us so much in terms of getting discovered. So, you know, we're just a two-person operation. We don't have a, we don't have an ad company. This is a labor of love for us. So any sharing that you guys do really helps us in Mm -hmm. terms of our growth and reach. So we can't thank you enough. And little giveaway like that with the... Run, Eat, Drink podcast swag bag Yay. is is uh, our way of saying thank you and celebrating you guys. But uh, exactly. we're going to be doing that at the end of the show. So let's get into the uh, the first segment, the running portion. The running portion. The run portion. We did not travel, clearly. Nope. Not a travel week. Not At least not for us. Um, no. We, you had a very high mileage run. I. Whoa, yeah. And it's not something that I'm really used to. At this time of summer, even when we trained for the Wine and Dine Half Marathon in November, Mm -hmm. I don't remember in the past couple of years the mileage being so high at this point. But we have a new goal and we have a new race that we're planning and training for in August with the Anchorage Run Fest. So talk about your goal for Anchorage. So the Anchorage Run Fest on Saturday of that weekend in August, and there's more information that we'll put up on our upcoming races page on runeatdrink.net. It's the first, second, third weekend in August, but I'll have the dates up there. We'll have the dates up there. It's, it's the first, second, Said, third, or fourth see, weekend like, in August. It's, it's one of the four. It's not the last one. <laughs> I don't I'm having runner brain, God. But it's, uh, we registered for kind of uh, back-to-back races because, you know, we can't help ourselves when somebody lays down a challenge. So we have the one-miler on, on the uh, Saturday. And then we have the half marathon on Sunday. Although, as part of the race weekend, I believe they do a marathon as well. A marathon. Uh, AnchorageRunFest.org, I think it is. That is correct. Yeah. So. They do a 49. Oh, it's called the back to back challenge. The back to back challenge that we're doing that one mile and then the half. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just doing the one mile on Saturday. And then you could do any one of the races on Sunday. Okay. So there's there's marathon walk, marathon relay, there's marathon, I guess that's running the marathon. And then a 49K ultra marathon. 5K, uh, uh, yeah. So that, because that came up in August and I signed up for e-coaching with Jeff Galloway, He's, he always wants to know what your upcoming races are, what dates they are, so we can plan backwards the longest runs leading up and you still have time for recovery and that kind of thing. And I just, 
I was so happy to PR at his race last year. And I've always wanted to run a 3.30 half marathon. And I've, I don't, since I was injured and since I had knee surgery, I have not hit anything below 3.30. And I know that probably sounds like super slow to a lot of people, but hey, it's my race, it's my pace. You know, it's, everybody has a different journey with running, right? Absolutely. So I just wanted to set the goal and he said, hey, whoa. He said, slow your roll. You have to plan for a reasonable goal. You know, one of his books is called Mental Training for Runners. Mental Training for Runners. It's almost like a tongue twister. And in that book, he talks about ways to keep your motivation high. And one of those is making sure that you choose a realistic goal. Well, he was there to rein me in. He was there to say, you know, 3.30 in August that's a little ambitious for you because it was something like 347.35 that I did at his race in December. Mm-hmm. So he said, hey, how about, how about a little less ambitious? How about 339? So rather than you try to shave 17 minutes off right. your time, he said, hey, let's just try to shave let's, eight. Yeah. Yeah. But really, and also another runner that we follow and we have, uh, had amazing talks with and interviews with on the pod- podcast, Meb Kafleski. Yeah, you might have heard of that Yeah, guy. you, you might have heard of him. In fact, I need to post. He's, he's run a couple of races. I need to post on social media because he sent me an autographed book. It was great. It was great. In this book, I listened to it a lot on long runs. In this book. The audio b- version the, of it. The audio version I listened to, but then I got the hard copy with the signature. Yeah. There's a chapter where he talks about, well, you might have a goal, and that is your ultimate goal. Like, like he would win New York. He wants to win New York. But then when you're in the race and things happen and you need to adjust and you, you might have an A goal, which would be the 339 for me mm-hmm. in Anchorage. But then there's also a B goal, depending on conditions and what happens to you, that maybe it's just anything less than 347.35. So I applaud both of them for really kind of reining me in and helping me think about what would be a realistic goal for me and what I could get accomplished in training. Well, Jeff also knows that we when we start training for fall races, we start training in July, and it's always oppressively hot here. We oh have this week our heat indices have been in excess of a hundred degrees, and they're projected to be in excess of a hundred degrees all this week. Yesterday, I got up. Well, I set the alarm for three a.m. because I thought the more I could get done of the run in the dark, the less that you have the sun beating down on you and the heat index getting higher and higher and the feels like eventually being like 102, 109, crazy stuff like that at this time of summer. And it's only going to get worse. But I actually started at five. I hit snooze. So that last part of the run was a, a really big struggle. 
a really big struggle. Well, your running partner at that point was the morning sun. Yes. I mean, I got, so I had to break it up. I had to break it up in chunks the way that Jeff will. And how long was this run? 14 miles. 14 miles. 14 miles it was. And I don't know if any of you have practiced this, but when you're out there and that number seems daunting and seems huge, even though you might've done it in previous training cycles, you think, Oh my gosh, it's like, that's 14 miles. It's going to take me forever. And literally it takes me a long time because I'm in it for endurance, not speed. And I, and you have to slow way down for the heat, even in the humidity out there, even before the sun comes up, you got to be conservative. No, you got to be smart. Uh, the The heat here really is no joke. I mean, yeah. in, any most of the country this time of year is hot, but mm-hmm. Florida is a special kind of hot. With the, oh my god, with like Texas, like Texas yeah, also the South mm-hmm. where you get the real humid um, temperatures. Yeah, because so, there's, there's no evaporation happening. No. You're you're just yeah thirty uh, thirty minutes in, you're soaked and you stay that way the whole time. When you walk outside, you start to sweat. Mm-hmm. You start to sweat. Hey, the squoosh saved my life. <laughs> Yeah, I had to break it up into manageable goals. Okay, well, I got the first two miles. I got the next two miles. Well, now I'm almost to halfway, and it's it's seven miles. And then I got to nine, and then I got to 10, and then I got to 13. And I had to come in for one last sip of water and to, to replenish my water before I got out there for the last mile. Now, now, a lot of times on our longer mileage training runs, we'll run some of the local nature trails mm-hmm. that are here. We have a paved trail that goes along a, a highway along a uh, next to a preserve area. And mm. it's it's great because it's a, it's a three-mile... There's a three-mile stretch there that is perfect. It's, it's bookended by two intersections, and at one intersection, there's actually like a Starbucks and some other stuff. So mm-hmm. you could literally, yeah. if you had to, you know, there's a deli. You basically they... get a you get a potty break every six miles, which is yeah. you know what you could do. Um, and you can get in there and you can get some sports drink or water, like at that deli, and use a restroom. And use a restroom if you need to. If you have to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, in, the, in that particular stretch, there's no on course support. Now, what we'll often do is we'll load up a couple of um, styrofoam coolers. We'll drop those along our race course so to speak and that way at the three mile mark and at the or at the beginning and at the end there's a cooler at each one so Mm -hmm. every three miles we have you know um like you you like to do potatoes um, sometimes ice something to drink that way uh, you know a a cool towel whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. um I like to break up the long runs into about those three mile chunks. That's the way I can kind of digest mm-hmm. numbers bigger than twelve. And you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about these three miles. Yeah. These three miles. I don't have to run twelve miles. I just have to have run four or five Ks. Yeah. So you think about it in smaller, manageable chunks mm-hmm. to get through it in terms of your positive mental mindset attitude. So that's what you were doing to handle the fourteen. <sighs> and that made it and you made it through, and I did. and I mean, aside from being you know the normal the normal sore afterwards, you you looked like you felt pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I just needed to get off my feet for and get out of the heat and, and get rehydrated and get rehydrated. So, I mean, I I can hardly believe that we're in June and that that race in Anchorage, Alaska, is August seventeenth and eighteenth. 
It's coming up quick, and I'm, I'm – I, so the adversity you were going through really was, again, training in the heat, which is a topic yes. we've talked about before, um, and then training because of that heat, really the, the distances start to become very daunting. So mm-hmm. using that as your, your, uh, your mental tactic for handling that. Mine is a little bit different, and I'd, I've alluded to it in a couple of episodes. I mentioned yeah. it here. Um, I'm missing my part. I, well, ever a little bit before um, the Tampa beer run, I injured myself in the most uh, middle-aged guy kind of way you possibly could. I stood up from my chair at work and felt a twinge in my knee and said, ow. That was it. That was the sum total of my injury. Nothing, uh, nothing cool, nothing, you know, no neat story behind it. I mean, I wasn't even working on anything terribly exciting at my desk and, um, not really a big deal. You wouldn't think much of it. I mean, I say that knowing that my mom actually tore her meniscus. She just got out of the car. Getting out of the car. So, Uh, apparently porcelain knees run in my family. Mm. Um, So my adversity or what I've been trying to deal with is the fact that I've never had a running injury. Um, Never. And I think that we've been running 11 years now. Yeah. I've never had a running injury. I mean, I've twisted an ankle enough to be able to walk it off and keep going. Nothing like what you did in Atlanta. um, Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. But I've never had a running injury. I've never had that frustration of something that absolutely takes me out of the game. And that knee that I talked about, getting up and feeling the twinge, didn't seem so bad until the Tampa beer run. So we go there, and we're doing our intervals and, mm. and doing the – we did uh, 10 miles that day? Or am, uh, I th- or am I thinking of the race after the Tampa beer run? We did that at the ice cream run. You went – that was the Tampa beer run was your solo. T- right. Okay. Tampa beer run. I was fine. It same was the, course. it was the same course the following week. It was the, it was the ice cream run in Tampa where I was having, having the pain. You know, I tried to get a run in, uh, f- what, four weeks ago, uh, three weeks yeah. ago and, uh, out here in our neighborhood. And I maybe got, um, it was just like a three miler on a weekend. I maybe got 0.3 miles in and I, when I, I, my foot went down and I almost did too. So Mm. I said, you know what? Um, We have Anchorage coming up. We have some really cool races coming up and I don't want to miss them. So I would want to miss Key West in July. Right. The Key West uh, Sunset Marathon or Sunset uh, 5K 5K. that we're doing there. So I took myself out of training for the last few weeks. And I've been going absolutely stir crazy. It mm. has been completely frustrating. As much as it is hard to get out there and get the to to get the motivation to get out the door and get started, when you have an injury that prevents you from doing that, it is so tough because you miss it. I mean, I'd like to say that right? I've been training all my life for sitting on my butt, <laughs> but <laughs> or however. Um, I think we all have. I really, you know, when you want to run, like you said, that is the most frustrating thing when you want to and your body is not going to let you do it. And I just didn't want to take it, take a, any chances at all. Mm-hmm. And this, 
was something that I noticed that, you know, by staying off of it, it got better, mm-hmm. uh, a little rest ice compression elevation, yeah. and then the addition of a knee brace um, during my work day uh, has really helped. So yeah. today, as we're recording on Monday, is my first day going back to getting any sort of uh, run in at all. And I did a, uh, a quick two miler this afternoon once the the sun kind of got low in the sky and temperatures dropped to, you know, only the low 90s. And um, it felt pretty good to get back out there moving. Uh-huh. So um, I don't know, like staying motivated or not getting frustrated with yourself, I think is, is something that um, I need to learn a little bit more about, read about, or hear from people about you know, uh, well, what I'm, you do when, when you, or how you cope with that. Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, I've helped you through injury yeah. um, with the recovery from your surgery, your physical therapy, but it's yeah. different. It's, it's on this side. easy to get into a negative mindset, to let what Jeff calls as the monkey brain kind of take control. And to get really down on yourself. And I've been feeling that. I'll be honest. That has been so strange. I never in a million years thought I would be like, I'm so mad that I can't sit on my butt and play Xbox and PlayStation. (laughs) Um, But who knew? But you got to and you got to as you start to heal and then you start to test against that that barrier so that you don't re-injure so that you can still heal and kind of train as well as you're, as you're starting to today. Yeah. And like what I did today was I, I you got to be positive threw a knee brace on and I just said, I'm just going to walk. And it was a nice slow walk. I took yeah. the dogs. I didn't do any, any intervals, nope. but it's the first couple of miles that I've done aside from just walking at work with a lot of sitting in between. Cause I, I work an office job, mm. but the, uh, the, feeling that I've I had getting back out there was just fantastic like yeah. I, I really miss this once you're out the door yeah get out there there's nothing like it well I don't recommend this whole injury thing it, no it sucks yes so ditto I do I am a fan and I will say that Jeff's method um Jeff Galloway it's again he's Amy's running coach I I run a lot of what she runs mm-hmm. um He's very big on training without injury, and he's been, mm-hmm. I think, instrumental in helping me prevent getting injured. Oh yeah. Um, you know, your your knee injury had more to do with weaving in a crowded uh, race corral than it did anything else. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- that's been Not instrumental for racing. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, really, some of you may be going through this right now, or may have gone through it in the past and you might have strategies, mantras, things that worked for you to stay positive or when you get back out there or tips or tricks. So we would love to hear what you, what advice you have to offer my humble (laughs) co-host. Or your fellow listeners who are just yeah. kind of wondering what can what do you do to overcome adversity when training? Like I said, it may mm-hmm. maybe it's injury, and or it could be the heat, like I had. You know, do you use positive mantras like Jeff talks about and that have worked so well for Amy? 
Is there a certain mantra or is there a song that you listen to to get you kind of pumped up to get out there or to get through those last few miles? I listen to spoken word podcasts and yeah. I, I have literal out loud conversations when I'm running with people that are talking in my headphones. Uh-huh. So I'm not thinking about the running. So it's a different kind of mental engagement? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or do you zone out completely? Now, what do and you then, do? We want to know. We'd like to share some yeah. of the best ones with our listeners. So, yeah. Songs, podcasts, mental strategies, anything. Tell us what your mental strategies for overcoming adversity when training are. And email us at info at runeatdrink.net. You can shoot us just a quick uh, blurb. If you want to record a little audio file on your phone and email it to us, that would be great too. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can call us. You can call us at 941-677-2733. And just leave a voicemail. Um, Tell us who you are, where you're from, and leave a voicemail. And share your mental training strategies so that we can help everybody. Or stories, yeah. Yeah, so we can help our our fellow runners here on the Running Train Podcast. Because it is a community, and runners who've been through it, run walkers who've been through it, understand it. And I think that and can offer advice and support. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, when, when, especially newer runners or runners who aren't your, your, um, front of the pack runners, like, cause we're, I'm back of the pack, baby. You know? Yeah. I, I think that for us, it's even more frustrating because maybe it was a much bigger move for you to get off the couch and get moving. Um, so you get that much more frustrated with yourself and go, why do I even bother? And, mm-hmm. you know, I want to know. I'd like to hear from you guys because, yeah. I mean, getting off the couch was big for me. Um, and, and me. I think that um, there's some people out there who'd like to hear what worked for you. So yeah. share it. And we'll we'll give you the email and the phone number again at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. But, hey, um, I, I've, never, I've never given those time goals out before. Well, it's out there in the universe now. Oh, my now. gosh. <laughs> kind of stressing. Tell me how to stay positive, people. 941-677-2733. Info at runeatdrink.net. Okay. That's running. That's running. And at the end of that run, you did work up an appetite. and we did, Oh, yeah. We hit one of our uh, local establishments for some food yesterday to replenish you. But, oh, my goodness, um, yes. We're going to talk a little bit about one of the places that you discovered while I was stuck in class. Um, Several weeks ago, I had a a work trip to Huntsville, Alabama. And while we were there, we got to see the incredible food and drink scene that Huntsville has to offer. And we had no idea coming from Florida what, what all was going on there. And just what an explosion or a renaissance they've had with... Uh, craft beer and with some really amazing food in the Huntsville area and we were there right near the Von Braun Center and Big Spring International Park where we got our training runs in during the day and Amy you discovered a place for us to grab a bite of lunch one day. Yes you know like there's that whole space theme and all of that at Huntsville We might have mentioned it once or twice. Well, this place is called Below the Radar, and it's their tap house that we went to, and they brew on site there, too. And 
we had lunch there. You, we, as I recall, it was lunch in between your sessions. It was. Um, of classes? No. Or no, it was, it was, no, no it was it lunch. It was dinner. Nope. It, but it but was later. It was later. Yeah. I didn't have any class the rest of the day. Oh, so it was, it was later in the afternoon, but it wasn't really dinner time. It messes me up whenever we go outside of our, I don't our know. time zone. I mean, like we lost an hour or we gained an hour. I don't, I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> it was around lunch or dinner time, but, mm-hmm. but not really late. And we got a starter and we got an, um, we got entrees. And the starter we got was called Humble Heart Bites. Ooh, these were so good. Humble Heart Bites. And the description is Humble Heart Cajun Goat Cheese, y'all. Cajun. (laughs) Yeehaw. Awesome. Goat cheese. White cheddar and jalapenos fried like a little ball and served with ranch. Ranch dressing. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you. I'm a big fan of goat cheese. You could spread it on a car bumper and I'd try it. Oh my God. And when you think typically about jalapeno poppers, you'll see them breaded and you'll see like the the jalapeno as like they've halved it. Halved it or hollowed it out. Or yeah. hollow and hollowed it out or or taking the seeds out and that kind of thing. But this it was like little bits of jalapeno with the goat cheese and white cheddar. I mean, who knew that that was so tangy? It's different from yellow cheddar. Yeah, and they got a, a sharp white cheddar. You get the the sharpness of the cheddar. You get the tartness uh, and the saltiness of the goat cheese. Yeah. The jalapeno is... Um, a spice level, but then the Cajun is a different spice. Well, the, ca- the yeah, Cajun I think the, the, goat the, the Cajun spice and the goat cheese is is provides you just a little more flavor than just the the waxiness of the pepper and the heat from the jalapeno. Yeah, yeah. So those those were amazing, and it was a pretty. I mean, we split that appetizer, and I think that it'd be good for two, three, four people at the table. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Easily. I think I think there were four or five of those, and they were like golf ball size. They they were they were very they? good sized, and again very rich. Mm, yeah. So it's I a mean, heavier appetizer. It, a little heavier. I mean, it's fried cheese, so good to be shared. Yeah, perfect for sharing, mm-hmm. and perfect with um, you know some of the tasty beers that they have there. Yeah, yeah. Which we'll get to. We will. But we also had entree. Yes. Yes. We had fish and chips. Uh, fish and chips. So what did you think of those fish and chips? Well, you know, when traveling, I'll often try to go with things that are a little safer. You know, sometimes. Like you don't want raw sushi. Is that uh, what you're saying? Yeah. Or you just don't trust. Well, it's not even, that, it's not even a question of trust. Because I like sushi. It's just that having been sick when traveling before, I just get a little oh, bit yes. fearful of uh, of getting something that that might not sit well in my stomach. But we get to talking to the server, and the server lets us know that their, their fish and chips is fresh, and oh. it's not tilapia, it's cod. Hot. I'm like, okay, go for it. Um, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And when you've got, I believe the chef walked out and was checking on everyone's food while we I were there. I think he delivered he our delivered entrees ours. to our table. Um, that says something to me. And when you're eating the fish and chips and you've got just a perfect beer batter, you've got <sighs> a, a batter that's not sliding off of the fish. Mm-mm. When the fish... When you bite into it, it doesn't fall off. No, it's adhering perfectly to the <gasps> to the meat. It's cooked perfectly all the way through. We mm. have actually been to places where they've done fish and chips where the oil was too hot and they dropped frozen fish in. So you got overcooked exterior and undercooked interior because mm-hmm. it was just cooking too fast on the outside. Um, this was a perfect golden brown, oh. perfect juicy flaky fish on the inside. Mm-hmm. And an enormous portion. It was huge. We both got it, and I thought maybe we could have split it easily. Without a doubt. Without After that appetizer? Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, that was an enormous, enormous portion. So good. It came out piping hot, and I just, uh, that flaky fish, and I'm not really a white fish I don't order that typically in entrees a lot of the time. Seafood I'll get will be, you know, crab legs, shrimp, those kinds of things. Not really fish, white fish dishes. This. No. In fact, I think the only time you you get white fish is fish and chips. Mm -hmm. And usually that's at Disney. At Epcot. Yeah. So, in England. I mean, I, I, this, I think, had like four big fingers of fish. Oh, God. The potatoes, I should have asked. Um, I don't know if the potatoes were fresh. Those might have been frozen. That might have been where they kind of um, I don't know. made it a little easier for themselves. Either way, they were delicious. Um, yeah. Because, again, you, you get a, 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 depending on the cut and the type of uh, French fry. They were pretty thick. I mean, these these might have been frozen. I mean, they were kind of uniform. The only thing that makes me think they might have been frozen was the uniformity of the chips. But uh, eh. but really? if not, I'm <laughs> not saying that in a bad way because they were no. delicious. They yeah. were cooked perfectly. They had the crisp on them almost like they had done a double fry. So oh. they they were executing, if they were frozen, they were executing some of the best frozen French fries I've ever had. They so, were they were They were good. And you got tartar sauce and you got malt vinegar. Yeah. And, you know, ketchup for the fries. And ketchup for the fries. But I just, I, I love. do malt vinegar if you're doing malt vinegar for the fish. <sighs> I do malt vinegar for the fries, malt vinegar for the fish, the whole plate. I mean, that tang with the, with the, the hot cod and the, the breading was just so crispy on the outside and adhered to the fish so well. Yeah, it was perfect. I... This was an. Uh, we were talking about this fish and chips for the rest of the day. Yeah, and I think that I bring it up every now and again, mm-hmm. to be honest, because it's going to be hard to beat that. There are a couple of places that are, we know locally, being here in Florida, home of some of the freshest seafood you can get, um, that do an out of this world fish and chips and this was absolutely on par with those mm-hmm. yes and usually i just love the fish and chips at epcot like you said but this oh, yeah 
So good. So. Highly recommended. As are those, the appetizers. Those, oh, they were so good. Yeah, what, the humble heart bites. Humble heart bites. The humble heart bites. So those are fantastic. But oh. uh, when you're at a brewery, I mean, I was kind of thirsty. There, there is something that has to be done. <laughs> like have a flight. Well, before we go on, I'm going to take a minute to tell you all about our friends at Pure Creative Apparel. Anybody can silkscreen a shirt. Look, we know it's true. I, I did it as a project in high school. But the team at Pure Creative Apparel is really much more than that. They will take you through the entire process to create your custom items right from the very beginning with the design of your artwork or company logo. Then create mock-ups to show you what the finished product will look like and help you select just the right high-quality name-brand clothing or other merchandise on which you're going to place your artwork or your logo. And then they'll get you your items fast. Or if you're not looking to get into the whole online sales thing and you don't want to worry about inventory, packaging, shipping, and all of that, Pure Creative Apparel has a complete e-commerce package available. So whether you're a school, church, or club needing just a few shirts for a special event or a company looking for a complete branding package, Pure Creative Apparel can help. Find out how by going to purecreativeapparel.com. And we really thank them for their support of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. You mentioned flights. Yeah. So typically when you go to a brewery or a tap room, you'll have the opportunity to get flights. Some are, you can get four, you can get six. They'll have them in different increments. You know, a lot of them will just have four. Mm -hmm. I liked that we could get six here. Yeah, but we had such a great time in Huntsville in general. And we made a point when we would go to the breweries that were around to take advantage of the flights if they offered them. And the fact that they offered uh, an option for six, and, and I think that we did it without overlapping a ton. I don't know how much we overlapped. We'll we didn't really pay attention. We'll find out here in just a minute. Yeah, we're going to reveal that. We're going to reminisce and flashback and see how overlapped we were <laughs> or not. But, um, you know, you, you're able to do about a four-ounce pour uh, for, mm -hmm. for each one. Yes. So, you know, with, with six, that's that's uh, 24 ounces of beer right there. So that's... Uh, a perfect way to cap off a stay at a local um, brew pub or tap room. So, but remember, if you're doing something like that, just make sure you're doing so responsibly. We walked. Yeah, this was literally walking distance from our hotel, the AC Marriott, mm -hmm. right there in downtown. So yeah, we walked. Perfect it was distance. great. But you could also Uber, Lyft, do sure. public transport, depending on where you are. Play it safe. So that you can indulge responsibly. Indeed. Well, do you want me to start or do you want to start? I'll start. I had the Imperial Brown Ale. And it was 8% ABV and 45 IBU. International bitterness mm -hmm. units. So it did have a bitter finish. And a brown ale. It was not a really thick or dark beer. It was kind of a, a lighter, like some light would pass through it when you held it up. Okay. And so the, and the body was like a medium body and it just, I, it was 
mildly carbonated, and I, I feel like the flavor changed as it warmed. A lot of beers do that. I think, yeah. depending on the beer, a lot of times the flavors open up as it gets a little warmer. So it was, yeah, it was just maybe a, a different kind of flavor because having the six in the flight and doing the appetizer and doing the the larger entree, we had a chance for them to kind of sit and change temperature mm-hmm. a little bit. So Yeah, whenever we get a flight, I always try to do a quick sip of each one yeah to see when it's first cold right out there and then understand that that might change by the time we get back around to it uh, because we do we look like a couple of nerds if we order these flights we've got our phones out we're taking notes we're sipping and then we're talking you know and then we'll go back to sipping and taking notes and talking but it's it's very much um us trying to take good notes for like we're trying to be Beer geeks. Well, we're just Hashtag trying. Hashtag beer geeks. <laughs> I don't think that I could ever be that big of a beer geek, but I I do want to be able to at least describe them well for people. That's true. I'm so. working on getting better. Yeah, you're working on I'm it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But I feel like as it warmed, it I got more brown sugar notes. Okay. Yeah. Was it really nutty or no? But it wasn't. It wasn't overly nutty. It wasn't overly sweet. Okay. In the brown ale, it was, and not overly coffee flavored like you would have, like say a porter. This sounds a whole lot like a very middle of the road brown. Mm-hmm. I would say, so and then a, a little bit of brown sugar as it warmed. So you're, if you want to have something, if you're not really adventurous, yeah, you could play it safe with this. This would be a safe one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you could have a pint of it. Really? You could have a pint of it if you were wanting to play it safe and wanted to just like, I like a brown ale, give it to me. Oh, okay. So. Well, I went a little darker for the first one in my flight. I went with the Below the Radar Baltic Porter. It was their namesake beer or one of their namesakes. Okay. Um, Yeah, we overlap. Go ahead. Okay, well. Um, you do it. What's your take? <laughs> my take on it. This uh, right up front gave me flavors, a little bit of caramel and cinnamon. Um, it, this was a medium bodied porter, as most porters are. Um, very mild natural carbonation. Mm-hmm. And this one clocked in at 7.6% ABV and about 30 IBU. So not a terribly bitter finish or even a bitter start to it. I thought it was a a very reasonable, a very approachable Baltic Porter. I I I would have had a whole pint of this, no problem. I got I, some warm spices from it. Yeah, I, uh, I, the cinnamon note is what yeah. I was. Maybe that was what I was detecting. I don't know if it was cinnamon or nutmeg, but something, some warm spice, like a Christmas you would expect. Kind of, yeah, and and not I'm not implying that it was uh, a spiced beer or right, anything like no. that, but that was just kind of what I was getting from it. Hints of that, hints of that. What else did you say? Well, that's what I said. I said there were warm spices. It was a dark color brown. I thought it had more spice notes than the imperial brown. Okay. No. I. Typically for that style of beer, that should be the case. So okay. that wouldn't surprise me at all. So that's what I, those are the notes that I have and everything else that you said, I pretty much agree with. Okay. So so I wasn't too far afield. Right. All right. I didn't go off the radar. You were 
under the radar? I think we're all both under the radar. Under the radar. So what's next for you? Well, I tried something they call the mild thing. We did overlap. We overlapped here too. Oh, English mild ale, three and a half percent ABV and 10 IBU. 10. 10. I think that our tap water has more than 10 IBU. Do you, do you think so? <laughs> I Because there wasn't a whole lot of bitterness in this. It wasn't really hoppy. It, I, you know, it, I don't know about the flavor notes <laughs> that it had. I just, it was. We have the same notes on this. I, I think. can't, I just can't. It was just a mild beer flavor okay that's I'm gonna, all i have to say about that okay folks what you're hearing here is amy bumping up against our rule of no negativity on no negativity show. would i get a pint of this i'll say it no okay it is not i i i agree with everything that you just said my notes on this are that it is a clear amber color Light body, mild natural carbonation, very little flavor. This very little flavor. This is, but here's the thing. That's true. Not it's, distinctive. The style is an English mild ale. I think that it is probably a very well executed English mild. We've, I'm sure we've just never had an English mild. Yeah, this was our first. So maybe we'll try others in the future, and then we'll have a different point of view. But I will say that if you are looking, f- if you are not a huge beer person and you are really not wanting something to blow out your palate good point this is a perfectly good sessionable because it's very low three and ABV, a half three yeah. and a half percent abv yeah sessionable beer that if you're not really the beer drinker in your group but you're wanting to have a beer or try something this would be a great entree for somebody who's not really into beer. Right. It's not going to scare them away with any, you know, dark color or... It might be refreshing with spicy food, too. And and I was going to say, if you really, you know, blow it, blow yourself out with the jalapeno and the... Uh, and the like if they're the particularly bites, spicy that time in that batch. That might be a good way to go. Yeah. But um, you're right. This is... A very mild flavored beer. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Is it your turn? It's my turn. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess. I mean, I, we overlapped. Well, we kind of overlapped. So, okay. <laughs> Next uh, time, we really have to compare before we order. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to go and let me know if we overlap here. Yeah. The next one I did was the He's Gone Brute B-R-U-T. Pale ale. Nope. Okay. Not on my list. This is an American pale ale clocking in at 5.6% ABV and 55 IBU. 55. So a little, a, a little um, wow. middle to upper middle uh, in terms of the bitterness. Golden color, clear, mild natural carbonation. And I said that this had a very strong hop finish that lingers but it had a hint of pineapple on the nose, but not on the palate. So you could kind of smell pineapple, but you couldn't really taste pineapple in this beer. And it's because I don't believe it's a fruited beer in any way. Okay. Just the type of hop that they were using had, had something in it that, that uh, was reminiscent of pineapple. 
Interesting. Reminiscent of the smell of pineapple. Okay. Interesting. If that makes any sense. Interesting. Um, not super bitter. So no. for me, that make, that means more drinkable. I just, the the really, really high IBU beers I steer clear of, as you all know. So I'm going to say this would definitely be worth checking out. I think we overlap on my next one. Do we now? Because I got Strange Wilderness. Oh, we do. Strange Wilderness, which clocks in at 9.2 ABV. Boom. And 60 IBU, 6-0. And it's uh, American Imperial Stout. I'm a fan already. So it was the darkest of the entire flight for me. It w- I don't know about yours because we don't entirely overlap. I would say that was the darkest as well. I would say that's the darkest. And it was bitter on the finish. And it's a stout, so there were some coffee notes. That I got, but I, and it was a milder carbonation. So I, 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 I remember it having like a, a strange flavor. I, I, I don't think it was strange. I think it was had a very bitter hoppy finish. Yeah, and that that is typical of imperial, uh, imperial stouts. I said this was dark. Let's no light through yeah it was really dark um the head was very nice on this and you know they call it lacing where it's adhering to the side of the glass it had lacing on the side of the glass um this had very strong toasted notes of dark chocolate with a bitter hoppy finish Mm. and you've got to be a fan of those imperial stouts like um like uh yeti oh yeah Marshall Zukov. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, those are my my two go tos for um, imperial stouts that we get a lot yeah. here in Florida. But um, again, really good at nine point two percent ABV. This is not one you're starting your night with. So true. I would say this would be a great one for your last beer of the evening. We run the gamut in these flights. Yeah, you know, really like did. three and a half all the way up to this is nine point two. And I think this is the strongest one in, in my flight. I think that that is... Might have been the strongest one on the board. Well, yeah, because the next one, the next two that I have are lower than that. Okay. They're lower. Because I had the Voodoo Mary Belgian Double. Okay. Belgian double. Yeah, seems to be a, a trend going around here lately. We oh, just had a Belgian double uh, on Big our Storm. Facebook Live and Instagram Live last week from Big Storm. Mm-hmm. So this one, Voodoo Mary, Belgian double, 8% ABV and 28 IBU. Okay. So not as bitter. A milder carbonation, a little bit of bite on the finish, I thought. See, as we progress in the flights and as as we drink more in the flights, I, g- I got to remember to put more detail. As you drink in more, the notes. you write less. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I write less and that's bad. That is bad. Because okay. if we have to flash back because we didn't, we went to Hudsville at the beginning of May and it's already mid-June. Yeah. So, so 
I took some excellent notes, however. Yeah, he's an excellent note taker. <laughs> now, I've got one last one in my flight, and that is the Mossy Oats Oatmeal Stout. Um, my notes here are that it's dark, lets minimal light through, had a malty flavor with toasted notes of chocolate and coffee with a malty finish and a medium to heavy body. This beer is a seven percenter and <laughs> has 35 IBUs, so not terribly bitter. And I, I wrote malty in there twice for, on purpose because... This is really malty. Yeah, it, it, uh, malty and oat, malt and oatmeal. Um, being predominantly the, uh, the the flavor there, so uh, great mouth feel from the oatmeal in the uh, in the mash. Just a a, a fantastic. Um, I'm a big fan of oatmeal stouts. So you know, if you you can execute a standard oatmeal stout perfectly, I'll drink it all day long. Um, that's just me, though. Well, I had that in my flight as well. Uh huh. And what did you have to say about it? Bitter finish. You thought it was bitter. Yeah, you didn't? I did not. Oh, interesting. Malty, yes, as I recall. But I I felt like it had a bite. But maybe as it warmed up, it was that way. I don't know. Um, that was the I drank that one last, so for me it would have been warmer. But, you know, know. taste is subjective. It is. It was. <laughs> It was very similar, my note about this. Okay. <laughs> so, all in all, we had each had six. We overlapped, I think, three times. I think we did, so, yeah. So, you know, pretty good selection of, of beers there. I think that their, their food and beverage game there is incredibly strong. They have quite a variety of different beer styles, and they have quite a variety of... Here's really low on the ABV spectrum, mm -hmm. and here's really high. Like, you could go either way. Well, well with flavors. that comes the flavors. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that it, they've got something for everyone's palate. If mm. you're big menu new to beer, experienced with beer, don't know much about beer but want to learn. Big menu. And, yeah, yeah, really good selection. So, really can't uh, – you could not beat it if you were going – to the downtown Huntsville area for, for lunch and you wanted, or dinner, and you wanted to get a bite and a pint. Ooh, a bite and a pint. Bite and a pint. Bite and a pint. So I would absolutely recommend going to Under the Radar. I don't know about you. I would, definitely. I wish that I had stronger notes on my flight. <laughs> well, I feel kind of bad. Stronger notes on the Belgian anyway. Yeah, because I, yeah, because I enjoyed the Belgian double at Big Storm so much. For all we know, you may have loved that beer so I much. I may have just loved that. I was just so into it, it and I didn't take notes. And, oh. I normal, and I was counting on you because I normally order the Belgian wherever we go. Why didn't you? I left it to you. Okay. Well, to our viewers, to our listeners, to our audience, I, and to my co-host, I'm sorry. We will bring you another Belgian to make up for it. And the next time we are in the Huntsville area, we will get this Belgian and do a proper review. Proper. Maybe like a Facebook Live or... There you go. Like a, an Instagram Live, Twitter Live. I got to make up for it. Gosh darn it. 
It's like I was on vacation or something. I know, right? Ugh, I'll get better. All right. So um, that does it for this week's episode as far as the running, the eating, and the drinking. But uh, we want to remind you guys that we want to hear from you this week. Yes. So we want to know what your mental training strategies are to overcome adversity in your training. Please, please, please don't forget. So email us at info at runeatdrink.net or call us at 941-677-2733. And we will collect your suggestions and the things that you're doing and we will feature them on next week's episode. We will make you run, eat, drink famous. And you guys can help us and help each other by sharing your best tips and tricks because Mm -hmm. someone out there is struggling with something that you've overcome. Yeah, we got to get through the summer heat, injury, all those mental challenges together. Absolutely. So um, next week is not a travel week. We're not traveling. We are training. It's a a speed work week for me. So this should be an interesting one for my knee. Well, I don't want you to do it if you're not ready for it. Obviously, clearly, you got to ease back into the training, my friend. I will start out slow and then taper off. Yeah, well... (laughs) <laughs> Let's not go back to the couch entirely. I've got to do something. I've got to be ready yeah. for our for well, August. Uh, the August trip is coming very, very you're soon. You're just trying to so. ease back into it. I'm going to do some speed work. And I'm going to yes. get back out there on my normal yeah. pace. So we will be uh, doing a training week this week. We also have our beer chat coming up this Friday or Saturday. Oh, yes, because there is another release at, at Big Saturday. Storm. Saturday night. In the Hurricane Series. Yes, we'll be doing category the, three. Our, the Category 3 release yeah. from uh, Big Storm Brewing. Yeah. And, yeah, so we'll have uh, some new beers and some new food and drinks to talk with you guys about. But yeah, I think we ought to compare the Category 3 and the Category 2 and the Category 1 on the podcast when we talk about it. Well, why don't we just wait until all five get released and then and we, then can we can do a big comparison. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right then. But the, uh, the big announcement. Oh yes. Is our Facebook and Instagram giveaways. Uh, last week we asked you guys to like us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, share the episode from last week and tag a friend. That yes. was your entry. Doing those three yes. things was your entry. Yes. Um, and we did that on Facebook, and we did that on Instagram, and we have some winners. We do. On Facebook, you liked our page, you liked our post, you tagged a friend, you shared. And we came up with three winners. And those three winners of the Run Eat Drink podcast swag bag for our Facebook giveaway are Taylor Swan from Gillette, Wyoming. Wyoming. Did I say that right? I believe so. Oh my it's gosh. Spelled, it's spelled like and Gillette. They are the dopey swans on Instagram and they're just, oh, they've been great supporters. Okay. Too. Yeah. So. We also have somebody local. We actually end up with a couple of locals for the Facebook. Yes, yes. Missy Hankins from Fort Myers, Florida. 
and Jessica Narr from Northport, Florida. Yes. So congratulations, ladies. We will be, or Amy will be messaging yes. you on Facebook and getting your shipping information. Yep. Um, we have the swag bags coming out with, uh, those have what I see decals, I see keychains, I see bottle koozies. Yes. So super cool stuff. Super cool. Can't wait to share it. Thank you for your support. Yes. And on Instagram, we have some people to announce as well. On Instagram, you follow at runny drink podcast. You loved the post. You tagged a friend, a fellow runcationer, fellow foodie, or someone who indulges in great brews. And we have Yvette AKA Run Chicana. We don't have last names. We for don't everybody. have la- last names for the profile, so I don't. If we butcher your name, we if we butcher your handle, we apologize. So, Yvette is our first winner, and then our second winner is Sherry Marcotte, also known as Runs in a Skirt. Yay! And number three, our third and final Instagram winner is Jennifer Reyes, and she's also known as Ms. Jenny May. Congratulations to you, ladies. And, uh, guys, you're showing here. Um, no. We, we had some. We had some We had some guys, but, you know, I'm just going to say, it was, it was heavily weighted towards the ladies. We had some uh, guys. I'm just going to say. So, uh, guys, you got to help me out here, okay? Seriously. Uh, you know, in the future, we'll have more giveaways. We will. And you know you can you can encourage them to represent. They need to uh, uh, again, but we did have some, and we fully appreciate all of you. Yes, all of you. If we had enough stuff from our friends at Pure Creative Apparel, we'd give you all something. We would send something to everybody. But um, that participated honestly. But stay tuned for future giveaways, and if you just absolutely have to have some Runny Drink uh, podcast swag. Oh yeah. Um, and before then, yeah. head on over to runeatdrink.net. Click on mm-hmm. support the show. Pick up a piece of swag from the store. Yes. That purchase really helps us out, helps us keep the lights on. Did I tell you one person actually in the little video promo I did on Instagram, they were like, hey, we want to know, what does the back of your shirt say? You know, the ones that we wore at the virtual 5K that said when we promoted that episode? It says, I'm not slow on the front. It has an ellipsis. And then on the back, it says, I'm making making the the most most of my my race race entry fee. fee. It's great. Yeah, that one always gets a lot of uh, a lot of attention at races. So we love it. We highly recommend you pick one of those up. Yes, mental strategies. Read people's t-shirts. <laughs> so Amy will be messaging you folks on Instagram as well to get your shipping information, and yes. we will get those out to you this week. So um, be on the lookout for the message from the Run Eat Drink podcast in your um, direct messages. Yes. So and thank you. Well, that does it for this week's show. That I hope everybody has a great week. Thanks for listening, either on your long runs, your short runs, your commute to work, and good luck this week on all your training and your long runs, your short runs, your races. Thanks for tuning in. Well, the uh, swag for the giveaways is provided by Pure Creative Apparel. And you thank can you. find them at purecreativeapparel.com. And our music is by podcastmusic.com. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you to them as well. And Yay. thank you guys for listening to the Running Drink podcast. And we will see you next week. Have a great one.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.